Welcome to the Linsanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Linsanity Podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to you incredible listeners. Please don't be afraid to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Plenty are available. Uh, you name it, we got it. Uh, back, Shoulder Fade, uh, Circle City Cinema, uh, Alex's Power Hour. And, um, you know, look, uh, for uh, this podcast, uh, the last we'll be talking about football for quite a long time, Bryce. We've, uh, been, on the, we've been on the grind, but, uh, you know, we're, go- we're going right back in. We're, we're going right back into basketball. I mean, it's one of those, like, uh, you know, it stinks to not football, but, I mean, we're going in. It's, it's hard to, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm kind of excited. And I'm kind of not at the same time. Yeah, we just go back to back to back here. I'm very sad that football season's over, but, you know, March Madness is right around the corner and then NBA playoffs will be here in no time, too. So, you know, this will ease the pain, but it's still pain nonetheless. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about the last game uh, that took place, which was the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, being able to win uh, the Super Bowl once again, back to back against the San Francisco Niner uh, team who, you know, basically faced each other not too long ago. And, uh, you know, the result stayed the same uh, with Kansas City being able to come on top, uh, be able to pull that game off. Uh, you know, everyone got to see Travis Kelsey enjoy it. Everyone got to see Taylor Swift enjoy it. I enjoy the moment that uh, that came to be in the twenty-five to twenty-two game in overtime, competitive game that went to overtime. Um, I mean, overall, Bryce. I mean, satisfied with that Super Bowl. I mean, twenty-five twenty-two. You're going into overtime. I mean, we could be looking at, you know, a blowout or something like that. I mean, I, this game was pretty close and intense for the most part. Yeah, man. Good Super Bowl. Uh, very happy with the way um, you know it played out. Um, all the uh, all the excitement in the game. It, it had some lulls. Don't don't get me wrong. You know some sloppy play, um, but we saw players make plays, and ultimately it came down to Patrick Mahomes making a play once again, making a throw uh, with another walk in Super Bowl touchdown. I feel like we're just accustomed to Kansas City down the red zone just getting simple, easy touchdowns and you know wonderful play calling. So. Good game overall. Not upset with the with the outcome of it. Patrick Mahomes cement further cements his legacy. Caleb, we've had several discussions about this. I mean, for me, top four, maybe top three quarterback all time already. Uh, you know, you can make the argument for top three. I don't know. I don't know where we're at on that. I I I personally have him. I personally have him. Number three after this, I just the only two quarterbacks that I ever feel I could do something like what he just did on Sunday are the guys that I have ahead of them. You know, I mean Montana. You know, look, you can say what you want to say. Maybe Mahomes will collect more Super Bowls by the end of his career than Montana. But at the end of the day, when Montana got there, he finished, and I think that has to matter. And you know, when I look at Brady, I mean Brady would you know have these type of moments and. Other than that, Price, I just have a difficult time seeing any quarterback do what that man did against this San Francisco 49er defense. I mean, he 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 stepped up to the plate for them in a massive way. 
Uh, you know, McCole Hardman stepped up for this team in a massive way. A couple big catches uh, in this game. Zach Griffith, he, uh, you sure you're cutting him? Uh, you know, this this Love run it. this run game, you know, was okay. I mean, Mahomes started to get going. But the, to me, it was just, you know, from the Kansas City Chiefs side, it's a, it sometimes just goes to show, Bryce, that when you have such great talent, when you have such great talent, you're never really out of it, right? And if you have the, if you're within distance and you're within striking range, which they pretty much were all year, no one fully shut the door on their hopes. No one fully shut the door on their hopes. And I think that's what kept them going, right? Even though it might've been not, you know, might not have been that season they would have ideally hoped for in terms of its efficiency and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They still saw that glimmer and, you know, they maximized it and, and, uh, you know, they should, they, they get a great win for them. Great win for their franchise. And, uh, I mean, we're looking at a dynasty. We're looking at a dynasty. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, but I, you know, I want to go to what we kind of, what I kind of said last week, you know, in our preview pod for this, when we made our selections, you know, you asked me some matchups or, you know, some, some keys to the game essentially for this. Yeah. My first one was Trent McDuffie versus the, the Niners wide receivers. And, uh, let me let me read you his stat line here. Three total tackles, two solo, three pass def- passes defended, and two quarterback hits for Trent McDuffie. And he held anytime that McDuffie was targeted in this game. Uh, they uh, Brock Purdy had the or uh, uh, Trent McDuffie allowed the lowest. Uh, the lowest uh, like defensive rating or lowest quarterback rating you could possibly achieve against a single defender. It's like 36 or 39 point something. Wow. 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 I mean, he was just outstanding and, and, and he had to be, he had to be, and he was. And then the second, the, the for San Francisco, I said it, it was George Kittle. He couldn't have, the two catch for four yard game that he had. I mean, it's almost, it's almost word for word. Like I said, this is exactly what it was. You know, I thought George Kittle need to be, you know, I I think he needed more looks. He only had three targets, Uh, you know, especially, you know, the way Trent McDuffie was playing, you know, they just, they, I don't know. I don't know. That's exactly what happened. And I think if they get a little more from Kittle, San Francisco might win that game. Who knows? But those are the two things I was looking for. And the two things they delivered exactly into play for this game. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. I, uh, it was, it was big time. It was big time. Our preview pod did some, uh, some magic and uh, clearly Kansas city uh, listened in, dialed in on those matchups because um, they delivered. But uh, I mean, Bryce, if you think for one second, I'm letting you go on the Niners, you must be out of your freaking mind. Uh, I mean, you know what? Buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle I'm up. ready to go to war today. You are? I am ready. Yeah. All right. Because All right. What, you're being ridiculous today, from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. What did you hear? That no, no, let's go ahead. Try to let's confirm go ahead. any of this no, stuff. No, your, no your, your unwarranted hate of Kyle Shanahan Unwarned. continues. Okay. It continues. Right. And, and it's senseless. It is textbook hate 
from the Caleb Lynn School of Hatred. It is textbook. It is it is foolish. Okay. Foolish. Okay. For you for you to say the things you say about Kyle Shannon. The man has a sixty six percent win percentage in the playoffs. He has been. Not to one, not two, not three, but four NFC title games. He has been to two Super Bowls. It is laughable. Are you saying you want to fire Kyle Shannon? Yes or no question? No. Are you firing him? No. Then shut up. Why won't you fire him then? Why won't I fire him then? Yeah, why won't you fire him? Because I'm not going to find a lot of replacements better. Okay, then shut up. That means he's a top tier coach. And the fact that you say he's not in the A tier coaching. No, he's not. Wrong, that's foolish. He's a thousand percent. That's he's absurd. a thousand percent. An A tier coach tells his team the rules in overtime. An A tier coach team. An A tier coach team. An A tier coach team figures out how to win in multiple ways without running the same thing with the same, you know, same type of angles all the time. He doesn't um, the same crap out to the target and then expect it to hit. That is all this man has done. He fires Steve Wilkes. Fire. Christ, that's a joke. Steve Wilkes Look, doesn't take this defense to a top 10 that. level defense. That is a dumb decision. And you watched the Super Bowl as much as I did. What was able to keep them in the game? They were, they were getting great defensive pressure on Mahomes. And, you know, our friend Ryan made a great point. He messaged this. He's 100% right. It's night. You, you hold him the 19 points in the regular season. You, you should be taking that seven days a week. Seven days a week. And it is not Steve Wilkes' fault that, Mike Chant, that, that, that the 49ers did not know the overtime rules, did not know the execution of what needed to take place, and said, we're going to go take the ball first against Patrick Mahomes. It's comedy. It's comedy. A tier eight coach doesn't oh, do that. My gosh. A tier eight coach a doesn't minute. mess that up. Wait a minute. Okay, so 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 okay, let's play it out then. What if San Francisco scores a touchdown on that drive? I mean, if if San Francisco scores a touchdown on that yep. drive. Yep. I mean, I I mean it'd be it'd be very good for them. It'd be it'd be it'd be able to Okay, then we're not having this conversation then. We're not, but we can't go off the what if, Bryce. Uh, yeah, but can't I'm sure it. you can. Oh, oh, come on. So, so let me get this straight. So it's Kyle Shanahan's fault that a special teamer that the ball went off a special teamer's ankle. Yes or no? No, it's not his fault. Okay, it's not his fault. Is is it his fault that Jake Moody doesn't know how to kick up instead of into a crowd? Downer. You've known Jake Moody was doing this all year long. It's an extra point, Caleb. Him. What do you want him to do? So. Okay, okay. Bryce, okay. I'm serious. Bryce, Who are I'm you serious. Jake Moody, Jake Moody was Jake Moody, Jake Moody oh. had shown those symptoms all year long, didn't he not? Yeah, but he went in there and drew, he probably had the utmost confidence in him because he drilled a couple field goals before that. But fine, fine. But at the same time Including when it comes to, but if you if you had, record if you had any insecurity with Jake Moody and you're a championship contender, which is what this team aspires to be. At some point, you're reevaluating. You're reevaluating what you have to do in order to get to that point again. And here is a fact: Shanahan falls as the pressure gets higher and higher and higher. He fumbles. He fumbles constantly and refuses 
to acknowledge any blame upon himself, but let's go of every other person on his staff. Let's go of every personnel on his staff. He is the constant. He is the constant in San Francisco. A tier A coach with how many chances Shanahan has got flat out gets the job done. I'm tired of the excuses. Really? Really? Thousand percent. Who's who do you have over him? In the conference or in the league? No, in, in your in your A or what what tier is Shanahan? Yeah. Dial Shanahan is a tier B coach. Okay, who's over him? There's only about three to four coaches in tier. Oh, a. please, please tell me. I have Sean McVay in tier A. I Who'd have Andy Reid. Okay, but he hasn't been when it matters. Okay. What, all right. Go You got to give me that. Gone. Gone. Sean McVay. Gone. Andy Reid. Yep. Mike Tom. Are you coaches. kidding me right now? Tira coaches. Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. You heard who me. hasn't who hasn't won a playoff game in how long? Mike Tomlin is somehow putting together winning seasons with third string quarterbacks. Brock Purdy was the last pick. Oh, you Brock. cannot say that about Brock Purdy. Yes, I you can. cannot say that about Brock Purdy. Brock third Purdy. Third what, what is Brock Purdy? What is Brock Purdy? Is Brock Purdy a top 10 quarterback in the league? Is he? I think he is a top 10 to 15 quarterback in the league. But who made him a top 10 quarterback in the league? Brock Purdy. So, okay, okay, so let me, so, so let me get Brock Purdy has proven so him to be a top this. 10 quarterback. So, He's so actually being you. held back me, by Shanahan's control. Are you kidding me? Shanahan, Shanahan has gotten too good. You Sh- are Shanahan, out of your Shanahan mind. Has, Shanahan has become a control freak. Um, you're out of your mind. I, I you're, missed, you're out I of missed your my mind. criticism he, on the Niners. I missed it. I blame the Niners Purdy. But how about the control freak in Mike Shanahan? You and are Pop out Shanahan. of your mind. What are you watching? What am I watching? I'm watching a guy that refuses refuses to give control. Oh, dude, he refuses. You are Bryce, if you Bryce, if you if you Bryce, if you work for someone, if you work for someone, okay, and were a control freak in what they did, okay, they were they weren't letting you really do anything creatively. You were just being told by that boss or by that supervisor, all this other stuff by the control freak. And you were supposed to get, and, and there was an incentive. You know, there was a, um, you know, if you're first place in your company, you get X or something, right? But you don't ever get to first place. You don't ever get to that ultimate goal, that championship goal that you so desperately desire, or that first place in sales or something that you desperately desire. Kyle Shanahan is a second place coach. He's a second place coach. So, so, you're, second coach. so you're telling me no, that second no, place he's a silver medalist. So, he's so silver. silver medalist isn't as good as Tomlin, who hasn't won a playoff game in how many years? Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's over 500 streak is one of the greatest coaching streaks in NFL history, or you could argue the greatest streak in NFL history. It is the greatest streak in NFL history. But you do nothing with it. But it, well, look, look, what do you expect? I mean, Mason Rudolph and, and Pickett, I can't, I can't control all that. 
Pickett was a first round pick. You Pickett give, was bad. You give Pickett, Pickett, you, if you but, give Pickett to to uh, to Kyle Shanahan, who knows? Maybe they win that game. Wait, what? No way you just said that. Maybe. No way you just said that. You don't know that. You said, you just said if Kenny Pickett, you would feel more confident with Kenny Pickett. I didn't say Brock that. Purdy. I didn't say that. I said maybe. Because Kyle, you Kyle, Kyle, you Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan took a Mr. Irrelevant and put him in the Super Bowl. And what is it with Brock Purdy? What is it with Brock Purdy? Is it coaching or is he actually a great quarterback? I'm of the belief that he has proven he is he has proven himself to be a very solid and reliable quarterback. Well, wait a minute. Now, well, let's draw some examples here. Yes, he made Nick Mullen serviceable, and what did he do in Minnesota this year? Fall off a cliff every game they needed him. Okay, C.J. Beathard, where's he now? Now backing up Trevor Lawrence. Have we heard from him since? No, we have not. No, but he was serviceable, wasn't he? He was serviceable. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? What's he doing now, Caleb? He, he, Shanahan took him to the Super Bowl. A lot of money. Makes a lot and of money. To sit where? On the pine for Aiden O'Connell. Okay. Okay. Who's to say that if Brock Purdy went somewhere else? That doesn't happen then. God forbid it doesn't. You I think it would happen, not, though? I'm not rooting for that. I, I don't know. We thought we thought Jimmy G going to the Raiders with Devontae Adams might be something. Yeah. We were wrong. Now, to be fair, we, we thought we didn't think it was going to work from the jump because of McD, but even after the fact. <laughs> yeah. The, no, these, yeah. The, these are the things. This is what makes a uh, – Mike Tomlin has proven he cannot develop a quarterback so far. Yeah, Big Ben I was already developed. Big Ben was what he was when, yeah. when Tomlin got there. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You're right. And Tomlin he hasn't proven it. He really struggles to hire offensive staff properly. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But if, but if I'm a San Francisco 49er fan, the consistency is fine, but to an extent. I'm tired of the consistency if I'm not seeing an ultimate goal being achieved. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. You, you, you know, this is a franchise that. So you're tired of making the, the NFC. No, let me finish let me, every year. Yeah. You're tired. Well, of first that? off, first you, you got to finish it, Bryce. You got to finish it. He'll get there. He's been around the league for quite a while. So is Andy Reed. Andy. Oh, God. I don't see why there's Andy Reid to Kyle Shanahan. Why? We can't do it. Why? We cannot do it. Why? It'd be a similar miles above Shanahan, and he's the greatest offensive mind we've probably ever seen. I'm talking about in in their in their career progressions, though. Because think about it: if Shanahan was fired today, he'd be scooped up in him. In fact. I'm pretty sure that a team would fire their coach that hasn't done it already to hire Kyle Shanahan. You're probably right. You're right. You're right. I don't know who it'd be. Somebody will do it. Somebody maybe, maybe, you know, who I think would do it. If, hmm. he, if he were fired right now, Jerry Jones. Probably right. Jerry Jones would do it. 
You're probably right. I just think we're talking about a coach. We can't say he doesn't have talent around him. We can't say that the unit defensively sucks. We can't say, like, there is no excuses. He's just not getting the job done. He's not doing what he should be doing when you have this level of success at some point. And when it is these big games, you know, you look at what he was doing as an offensive coordinator to, you know, what he's doing now. I just, he's just one of those guys. I'm just going to have to see it. I mean, I just got to see this guy win a Super Bowl. He's before we can put him in before I can put him in these top, top tier conversations. I just, I just want to see this guy win the whole thing. Right. I mean, I'm just, you can respect the coach. You can say that a coach is very good. I mean, I don't think Kyle Shanahan sucks. I think he's a very good coach. He's an upgrade over many teams. He's an upgrade over many coaches, but I just feel as if they have to, and he has to answer the bell. Because at the end of the day, Bryce, if he does not answer the bell, all he is is the Mike D'Antoni of the NFL. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That's all he is. He's the Mike D'Antoni of the NFL. An offensive wizard who's unable to win championships. This is, this is silly. You're, you're unbelievable. He's an offensive know, wizard who's unable to win a championship. With him. That, I don't know. So no, no. I, yes, I, I you know. do. I, no, because I know. Because I, 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 I don't have I don't have a tremendous amount of hate toward Jen and I just think we've got to look at his legacy here. We just got to talk about his legacy. He's, he's six years into coaching. This brother, this brother with how many chances that he's had oh. and the roster that he's had with the greatness in which he's being talked about should have a championship. He should have a championship. If he has a championship. Amazing. Good. Good. But he deserves, he deserves criticism after this loss. He deserves criticism after this loss. Stalling third quarter drives. You know, and you know, maybe, maybe Purdy, maybe Purdy is at, maybe Purdy is elevating his play. Maybe that'll help. But firing Wilkes doesn't do the job, Bryce. What does that do? I'm not going to defend team? that. I'm not going to defend that. But, I mean, you know, I think he's got someone else in mind. I, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Staley. I think that's what we heard. Doc, Bryce, if he goes and gets Staley, I mean, what are what are we doing? You have to be looking at Kyle Shanahan differently when you fire Steve Wilkes to Brandon Staley. I guess time will tell. Oh, God. What is it? You get to fan mail that you've been sending him every week? What is this? Brandon Staley as your defensive coordinator? You're okay you know, with I, it? I'm gonna remember I'm gonna remember these conversations for when Shanahan does win a title and he shoves it to you. <laughs> That's the way he should win one. 
He stood with one. But at some point, when you get the praise and you get the attention that you get, and then in the biggest moments you stumble, you gotta you gotta get the criticism for being stuck for stumbling. Right? You're defending Brandon Staley as the defensive yeah, as a defensive coordinator. Yes. Oh. After what we just saw, the Chargers, you trust him to run a defense? Uh, what's wrong with second chance? If Dan Quinn got a second chance after he blew a Super Bowl and he balled out, didn't he? Who knows? State, uh, Spagnolo sucked as a, uh, as a uh, head coach. And look at him now. He got four Super Bowls as a coordinator. And just got Bryce, a massive Paul, extension. Bryce, you have Brian, you had Brandon Staley. I believe you had Brandon Staley as the second worst head coach in football. And the defense never finished in the top 10 for the Chargers. It never did. The brother never showed anything after the Rams. We're firing Wilkes, who had a very good season, who has proven he can win on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if he hires Staley, I mean, I got, I, I got no, I got no words for that. I mean, I, 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 I'd rather hire Rex Ryan, pull up Rex Ryan from the booth, call him up from ESPN. Ryan Clark said he wants a contract. Fine, fine, call him up. San Francisco, call him up. Make it happen over Staley. Over Staley. That's, I mean, this, this, this has got to be a real offseason assessment. But anyway, we got, we got college football. We got, we got college basketball, pardon. And um, I'll say this, man. I'll say this. We're in for a treat. Studying for the Big 12 Conference and the power that's in this Big 12 Conference is pretty ridiculous. I mean, we're looking at so many top 25 teams, so many teams in contention for the bracketology and make the NCAA tournament and seeding and battling and all this other jazz that comes with the Big 12 tournament. So, uh, Bryce, what has stuck out to you when you've been you know, kind of getting ready for the conversation we're about to add today, which is, you know, the Big 12 conference and, you know, six Top 25 teams in the conference with four top 15. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of just beat up on each other, honestly. You know, I mean, you're, you kind of look at the standing. Like, when you look at the standings, like, Texas is in the bottom half. And this was, I know, what were they, Elite Eight? Elite Eight team, yeah. I think. Yeah. Elite Eight team last season. Kansas State. Final four team, bottom half of the standings in the Big 12 right now. You know, so, uh, I mean, they're going to have several tournament teams. Like, don't get me wrong. But when you look at it, it, it kind of shell shocks you to begin with. Uh, you know, you see Iowa State at the top, in the top 10. Otzelberger, man. Yeah. Dude can coach. He can coach, but I feel like that's a little bit of fool's gold, too, though. At the same time, but it was full school. You don't trust him. You don't little, trust little him. Little nugget in, uh, there. Little nugget right there for you. Yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule, 
you know, looking at teams that they beat, that they've lost to, you know, they've they've lost close games, which is good, and they've won close games, you know, which is also good. Yeah, I just don't know that they're quite there yet, um, especially, you know, defensively. Defensively, like, they're not, you know, amazing, which could provide – or sorry, sorry, no, flip that, flip that. They are actually good defensively. They are not as good, you know – I mean, they're, they're all right offensively, but, you know, they're not one of the top teams in the country – uh, they really get it done on the defensive side of the ball, which is helpful, but you have to score points too. And, you know, normally teams in the tournament, you know, they if you're not solid on both and you're not sharp on both, you're not really going to, you're not going to be one of the deeper teams. We saw a little bit of, of that trend buck last season with San Diego State, who is known traditionally yeah. for their defense. Yeah. And you know what? They just made enough plays offensively. You know, a lot of things went their way offensively. So it's not out of the realm, but uh, there is a little cause for concern for me with Iowa State, though, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a team that, you know, when I watch them play, right, Otzelberger is, has proven that he can win in March with multiple different types of teams, whether he can be a, a team that's looking at a 10 seed or looking at an 11 seed or something or looking at a, like a decent, you know, top five seed in this conference and a top seed, you know, top five seed in March. I mean, Gilbert, Gilbert's a nice piece for them. I, I like what he can bring. I think he's a solid, you know, been a solid transfer from UNLV this year. Uh, they, they have a, an interesting complement of guards and you look at Lipsy as well, you know, 13 points a game, 44% from the field. It's not, you know, I'm not loving it, but the playmaking, the playmaking, I do like that. I do think that with him and Gilbert, kind of be in a little mix and match. You know, they have some, they can be a difficult team to to try to defend against. Bryce, my concern with Iowa State is shooting. As a team, they're 35.5% from three. And, you know, you can be a very disciplined team, but I think that you're going to have to be able to shoot the ball better. And because of the lack of big game experience that this Iowa State team has, I don't think you're off base in saying that, we might be seeing a team with, you know, a little maybe a little more potential, maybe, or a team that, you know, might be showing their best stuff early. I mean, the thing I will say about them that I find very impressive, uh, just like I do with Houston, uh, Baylor and and multiple of these other teams, Iowa State 14 and 0 at home. I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's just, a big that's, difference. You know, I mean, that's pretty remarkable. I don't care how you slice it in that conference. I mean, when you can when you can do that. Beat your teams up at home, beat anybody up at home. I mean, you're always going to have a shot. So, I, I I'll be curious to see where they're seated, particularly on uh, the selection. You know, kind of that bracket preview that we'll get to see, which is kind of previewing just like the top four um, seeds and across the four regions. My guess is they'll be there. Um, but what I guess you know what I, what I'm curious about a team like that is where are they going to be in terms of seeding and you know, do they have enough big wins in their mind uh, to put them into that even the three seed conversation, uh, which could make you know may, mean a nice little path there to Sweet Sixteen? Mm-hmm. Next up, team that's ranked the highest overall out of any team in this conference uh, is the uh, Houston Cougars at twenty one and three. Uh, Bryce, I 
I mean, I've said this before many times. I'll say it again. Calvin Sampson ruined my childhood, ruined everything that I grew up on, ruined Indiana basketball for me since I was eight years old. I do not think the Houston Cougars under Kelvin Sampson will win a national championship. I have come to this conclusion because my, my thing with Kelvin Sampson is they are so Houston is so focused on playing as hard as they can, tough as they can, gritty as they can every game. And every team does that in March, every team. Everything you face always plays super hard and much. And I think great teams know when to turn it on and know when to turn it off and know what the middle ground is. I think Kelvin Sampson's teams always run at 100 all the time. And it's a great thing to have in the regular season. But because you play like that in the regular season, you get more worn down in the tournament. And I believe this is a Houston Cougar team in the second round. When we do these podcasts, we could be looking at an early upset. Interesting. I, I don't think they're going to be upset early, actually. They are the no. top. They are the top-rated defensive team in the country. Not to mention, they have a top fifteen offense as well. Those two things bode well for early rounds. But yeah. down the stretch, yeah. down the stretch, I agree with you. I don't think the early upset is on the table. I guess we'll have to see what the draw is. Obviously. Um, you know, but shed coming back prior transferring in, you know, I think there's an, that there might, I think that gives them enough veteran leadership, um, and playmaking to get, get them through those rounds. And now we've seen defense carry you a long way with, you know, in the tournament and pair that with a top 15 offense that can get you, that can carry you through, a, you know, maybe another game or two possibly, you know? Um, and it's not like they yeah. rely on the three, you know, they shoot 34 and a half percent from three, which isn't terrible right? Uh, for college. So it's not like they're relying on that. They shoot 43% uh, from the field, you know, in general, which is pretty good. So I agree with you on, on not winning the national championship, but I don't agree with with an early exit, unfortunately. You, I mean, they have last year, right? What I thought was going to make that Cougar team different than years past, right? Was, I mean, Sasser was, I mean, arguably the best guard in college hoops. I mean, he was, you know, pretty solid. And all of a sudden the injury happened. And I think that really hurt this team. I also thought they had more size options. Most of their rotation, the tallest guy they have in the rotation is six, seven. Any team with size who could potentially force Houston into a half court game. Well, I mean, should attempt to look inside. I mean, Houston is very strong and they're very physical and I get all that. But when your tallest guy is six, seven, I just think that's a, a legitimate concern 
And if you're facing a team with not only size, but size that can shoot, pull guys out, you know, really make them have to have to really spread themselves out. I mean, I didn't, there's just some matchups there. And obviously we'll see later on whether, you know, how they handle it, uh, where they go from here. But I'm not as convinced about them. There's other teams in this conference that I'm more comfortable with having a national championship and especially the team that I'm about to talk about than this Houston Cougar team. Next one on the list, third on the conference, tied for third in the conference with, with uh, Texas Tech, uh, number 12, Baylor Bears. You're Scott Drew. Baylor? I love, I love them. Love Scott Drew. I love their guard okay. play. The competitive, the competitive, all out competitive. They get, they got, they got, they got depth inside. They get, they, which is more depth than they've had in quite a long time. They got three guys that I like that are about 6'10, 6'11. I think their guard play will just naturally be one of those things where, you know, they don't necessarily have this incredible stud, right? I mean, there's guys that are going to have some nice nights for them for sure. I mean, you know, you got Jacoby Walter, who, you know, is arguably one of the best freshmen in college basketball who could be a top, who's one of my favorite prospects uh, in college, in, in, in the NCAA tournament. He will be a player I mentioned on our pod with Alex talking about, you know, in terms of this is a kid that I would be looking to bet my stock on to be a nice first-round draft pick. They have uh, Ray J. Dennis from Toledo, uh, who was very good for Toledo over the last couple of years. Uh, he's came in, he, he's been very efficient for them. They have four or five guards who are averaging 10 points a game they can go small or big. I don't care. I, and I just, I think Scott drew as a coach. I just have a lot of confidence in, I just have a lot of confidence that this guy can get the job done. Maybe it's just because I'm holding on to that, that run that he had with Davion and, and, and Jared Butler, but you are, I mean, Scott drew to me is a coach that I just, I, I like, I like a lot. And I'd feel comfortable with, you know, when the games are meaningful and I, and I like the talent on this team. You're absolutely holding on to that run. Because here's the bottom line. Baylor has an awful defense. Awful. It's ideal. It's 68th. It's ranked 68th in college basketball. You want some teams ahead of them that have better defense? Colorado. St. John's. Merrimack. Utah State. La Tech. La Tech. Caleb, you want to defend that? Can you defend that? Better than they were last year. <laughs> now, here's what I will say. Baylor has a top five offense. That is, that is undisputed. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I like Scott Drew a lot. I actually mentioned to Zach today. I wonder if if Ohio State would take a big swing after they let go Holtman today and see if they would they would just see. They would just check in. You know, hey. You would think, you take some of that football buddy and shift it into Scott Drew? Well, I again we have a new athletic director. He yeah. did come from Texas AM. You know who's at Texas AM? No. I buzz, man. I got buzz. Then all right, you know. So uh, I didn't love to see that Sean Miller was on the short list for Ohio State. I'm getting off track now, but um, you know, I, I like Scott Drew a lot. I, I, what about Nate Oates, Bryce? You saw Nate Oates on the short list? 
I did not actually. Yeah, Nate Oates is on the short list. I like Nate Oates. You do? I do like Nate Oates. Okay. Wow. All right. That's a switch. That's a little 180 after the whole uh, Brandon Miller situation. Okay. Yeah. I have some, yeah, some decent, some different information that kind of changed my tune. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I mean, for Baylor, though, you know, their losses have all been close for the most part, except the loss to Michigan State. Don't know what happened there. That was just an absolute just slaughterhouse by 22. Not sure what happened. Um, so, I mean, they, they've been in big games. They're playing, obviously, being in the Big 12. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Baylor. I like Scott Drew. I don't like them doing the title this year. But, uh, you know, I like Baylor. I, I, I'm willing to pick them. Fair enough. Uh, next up, we got uh, they're unranked right now. Talked about a little bit. Texas Tech kind of been battling this year. Uh, they're eighteen and six. They got new coaching. They're kind of putting together this roster, Bryce, specifically with the portal. A lot of guys that uh, you know were hopping around different conferences. Uh, Joe Toussaint, uh, who used to play at uh, at Iowa, is currently on this team. Devin Cambridge. Uh, Auburn used to play at Auburn. Used to play at Arizona State. Is on this, you know, was on this team. Uh, he, now he's not, not even been hurt. But uh, Washington, Warren Washington's been around the trenches. Uh, he was at uh, Arizona State. I mean, Bryce, this is an older Texas Tech team. This team is not very young, uh, but the, the the tournament experience is not necessarily there for this group. Are you banking? Do you like that? That do you like this older team? Do you think they could figure it out as the games get bigger? Or are you just kind of like uh, wait and see here on the, you know the potential that this team might have? Because I, I'm not necessarily crazy on this team. This is a team I would probably look to fade uh, in terms of uh, kind of my stance on them making an NCAA tournament run, if that makes any sense. Yeah, again, an older team, but it, again, they play no defense. You got to play defense if, if you want to do something in the tournament. You know, I mean, maybe... You know, may, maybe they're they can figure it out, but they better start peaking at the right time. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they do shoot well from three. I mean, yeah. it's it, you can't dispute their their offense. I mean, they shoot forty six percent from the field. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, yeah. they their bigs rebound pretty decently. I mean, they got two guys that average seven rebounds a game. You know yeah, that yeah. that's you big. That's some- big and. That's big in tournament games as well. So, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I'm not in love with them, though. Now, they're projected as a seven. And uh, projected as a seven. And if the bracketology was the dead on bracket, they'd be facing it's an a team interesting like Carolina. Place to be. Like, you in, like North Carolina? They'd be facing Carolina in the second round. Dude, oh, in the second round. Okay, I thought you were about to say they were going to be intense. I'm like, how'd that happen? They were like three. Dude. Are you in, uh, are you on, uh, you, uh, I mean, you got to like the matchup against Hubert, though, knowing uh, your affection towards Hubert as an Exodus coach. What a clown, dude. I can't believe Baycott's still in school. Kansas, Kansas at 7 and 5 has the second highest record of the AP top 25, 19 and 6 on the year. Kansas. Uh, you know, that's a pretty nice non-conference season, uh, you know, and, and they are going to be reliant on some of their bigger transfers 
Hunter Dickinson, especially 18 points a game on 11 rebounds. Uh, Bryce, he's not, uh, he's probably going to make the tournament this year. He did, you know, at Michigan last year, they, they were not an NCAA tournament team by any measurement. Uh, mm-hmm. McCuller, uh, comes back and McCuller has started to develop himself he into a interesting first round draft prospect, uh, for a lot of, uh, guys, uh, they're yeah. getting some play from KJ Adams inside, uh, Jordan Furphy, uh, Furphy is a, is a player that, uh, or Johnny Furphy, sorry, is a freshman that they brought in. Who's just kind of found himself some minutes here. And, uh, you know, it looks like this Kansas team is starting to find that pecking order, which might be a little frightening because they haven't really shown their best cards yet. And I feel like if they can get some of these other guys developed, I mean, they, they might be hot coming into the tournament. And that is a bad sign for all Big 12 because when Bill Self has a hot team in the Big 12, they finish in the postseason. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with you. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, you, I hate him so much. I still do. Um, he's just, a, ah, I hate him on the court. I hate it. I hate his BS on there. But anyway, he, he, does, I mean, he does have, he does have, some. he does. I mean, Kevin McCuller averaging 19 and a half points a game is kind of insane for college, you yes. know, like, I yes. mean, especially on a Kansas team, like it's no doubt, like he is, he is the guy it's him and Dickinson and Adams who stuck around as well. Yeah. I guess my question to you, Caleb, is this furphy thing going to last? <sighs> or is this cute? I looked at them the other day. I'm like, dude, they look like they picked you right out of the cornfield in Kansas. I kind of think it'll be enough. Like, I don't think you need him to be a star or even a constant third option. But if you can get enough from him, you can get Elamarco Jackson, who was a high, you know, high level first round pick or high level five star, find a way to get him some opportunity. Um, a guy that they've really needed to get going, who they were like pretty excited about in the offseason was uh Nicholas Timberlake. Nick Timberlake is senior. The guy has not been what they've expected. But you know, when it comes to a guy like Bill Self, like I'm gonna trust him to to figure it out at some point. And uh I I think they might be going by committee. So, and if McCullough does what I think he's shown to do this year, and Dickinson, who I personally think has looked better than he's ever looked, then at that point, you know, maybe you aren't as reliant on the third option, and that might help Kansas take some pressure off Murphy because Murphy, I think, is going to be one of those guys that, you're you're going to be scared if you really have to rely on it. But if you get a good game from him, it's like a massive bonus. You know, I just don't want to rely on him for, you know, four games. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, you can never count out Kansas, you know, despite no, what statistical no. data st- tells haven't. you, you know, like they have, they have depth. They have, you know, veterans on that team. So you, you're never going to be able to count them out. Right on that one. Uh, next up, 
Uh, talk about a team that's thriving in their first year coming into the conference. The BYU Cougars finishing, finding themselves inside the top 25, 19th right now. Um, and, you know, they've got an interesting team, particularly with a lot of experience. Uh, Jackson Robinson is a, is a guy that's starting to rise up some draft boards. Uh, shoot a guard, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guard who can really shoot the lights out. Uh, they've got a couple nice uh, pieces at, at guard. The, their 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 size uh, is not horrible. Uh, their size is not horrible. But again, this team will rely on experience. I, I think being in the Big Twelve changes my viewpoint of this BYU team. You know, typically Bryce, when BYU was in the NCAA tournament, you know, I don't care when they had Jimmy Fredette. I didn't care. I'm fading him. I just thought at some point this team was not going to be able to. Uh, find themselves having a deep run, uh, but you know I, I, I like I like Robinson, I like Robinson, and I think that you know they are one of those teams that you know we could be talking about who you know in the Big Twelve they remain competitive, they're within the race, they're within the race, but what if they're the team? that just kind of sneaks by everybody in the big 12 and come the big 12 tournament, we're seeing them make a really strong run final four type of team in that conference. You know, we could be like, Oh shoot, they're better than we expect. And I just feel like with BYU, that might be the case given how their season is going. And you know, the way that it seems like they've been adjusting to this new conference. Yeah. I mean, I mean what they're doing in a you know and kind of a big time basketball conference gives them validity to what they're doing right i mean like you said BYU always kind of finds themselves like in you know in the tournament and you know they're you know a cute pick or they'll you yeah. know they'll pull some upsets or whatever but yeah. like if they did it this season it's not a surprise in fact you're kind of favoring BYU right. a little bit right. you know because of you know some of the quality wins that they have this season um, I mean, but with that being said, I mean, you have to, you have to keep it in perspective though. It is BYU, you know, and sure. you know, will they have enough that that's the question, you know, you sure. look at, uh, I mean, you look at some of their losses, their losses to ranked teams. And those are the ones that you want to beat. Right. I mean, you got a, you got a loss to Baylor. You have a loss to Texas tech. You got a loss to Houston. You have a loss to Oklahoma. You know, these are these are the teams. Those are the types of teams that you're going to see if you move deeper into the tournament, you know, of those of, you know, kind of those even playing field with those guys that you lost to. Right. You have enough to get over the hump. And I'm not necessarily sure that they do. Unfortunately, I mean, Caleb, the only ranked sure. opponent that they beat this season was San Diego State and in, in their second game of the season. I don't think San Diego State's even ranked anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they are. I think you're right. So I don't know the quality of wins. You know, I don't know that Texas is a quality win this season. I don't know that Kansas State is. You know, I, I don't yeah. Know. Right now they're not. I I would argue right now they're not. They're they're you know a team like Texas and Kansas State. You know they're fighting for their lives on the bubble. And yeah. and TCU, you know, is a team that's uh, fighting themselves on the bubble. I mean, I I like their talent and I like Jamie Dixon. Uh, I, I think they, they've I got a, a nice squad and they always play tough in March, but uh, 
you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them uh, to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, last year that they had, you know, Miles, who I thought was, you know, an incredible guard. And, you know, now they've got Miller coming back, who's a stud. They got Jameer Nelson's son. Yes, for all of those that feel old, you probably should feel <laughs> old. Jameer Nelson's son. Uh, they got Micah Peavy, uh, a guy that's kind of been around, you know, who was at uh, uh, Texas Tech and then now has played in, in uh, TCU for the last three years. I mean, they're they're a solid team. Uh, they're a team that could be fighting in for the tournament spot right now. They're a 10 seed facing against uh, Texas A&M and Bryce's uh, Buzz Williams. Uh, you look Boy. at Oklahoma just recently making it into the top 25, but you know, this was a team that was playing very well to start the season and then they fell off a cliff. Uh, they have a ton of guard play, a lot of guard play, uh, but again, are finding themselves in a position where they're going to have to keep this up because I mean, here's the thing, Bryce, once you start getting past BYU, you know, you got, you, you got TCU, you got Oklahoma, you got Texas, you got Kansas State, you got Cincinnati gun to my head. Three of those teams make it because you're just playing situations out naturally. You know, a couple of those teams might lose some games they shouldn't, or the field gets stronger in other conferences. So then you're going to take those teams out. So, in my opinion, you know, when you're watching this conference, who are you? Who are the two or three teams that are sticking out between this TCU, Oklahoma, Texas? <sighs> Kansas State, Cincinnati. Man. I can tell you right now, I'm out of Cincinnati. Yeah, I am too. I tell you who needs it. Hmm. Uh, it, Moser is still in Oklahoma, right? Yes, he is. He He needs it. Yes, I agree. He needs it badly. I agree. And He's he's got a stretch of games that is hell. Versus Kansas, at Iowa State, versus Houston, at Texas. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the nice part is he's got some of it all, but Jesus, <laughs> he is going to have his work cut out for him the second half of the year. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, cow. if he makes the, if he get, grabs a couple weeks, he, he earned it. Props to you, my brother. Props to you. <laughs> the hard schedule. I mean, Kansas State, no better. TCU at Texas versus BYU at Kansas versus Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to be in the bubble of the Big Twelve. I mean, it's it's not when you when you're when you're like when you're in the bubble of the Big Twelve. I mean, it's it is oh, it is a man. rough road. You you want to feel. You know, there's like a certain competent. I mean, if you're like probably like where BYU's at, like that 18 and six range. Yeah. Feeling good at like 18 and six in that conference. But then once you're down below that, you're, you're in some, you're in some trouble. I mean, they, they do get Oklahoma state who has, you know, at this point been the uh, cemetery of the <laughs> big 12. I mean, the, uh, the, the, they did just not been very good down to the, a dumps, you know, which could help a team like Oklahoma, but, you know, maybe get a win in there, see some confidence, but I mean, yeah, this is going to be an extremely competitive conference. I have this ranked as the best conference in basketball right now. I mean, this, the way this conference is playing, Bryce, it favors March. This style favors March. These lineups favor March. 
The tempo of these games are excellent. Uh, I think the officiating of these games are excellent. And I, I, I think, you know, this is a, a conference that would not surprise me at all. We see in March tons of these teams come back into our, oh, shoot, they have a deep run in them. Oh, shoot, they, you know, look, they got three teams, four teams in the Sweet 16. I mean, that's just how the conference feels this year. I mean, they've put their focus into college basketball. You really think about it. You know, that, that's kind of what they've done because the SEC's moved into football and this is how they're going to try to make the revenue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy money. It's easy 100% money. Is, 100% is. I mean, I mean, they're not missing Texas in basketball, probably. No. Oklahoma, they're not probably missing in basketball. No. But they're not going to stop But, yeah, I mean, we've got a, you know, we'll be doing this for, for a couple, you know, for some conferences uh, next week. We've got Pac-12, Arizona's kind of leading that thing right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about teams like UCLA. Who have uh, you know? Typically, we would talk about as interesting teams in a tournament. Uh, that is definitely not going to be the case with the Bruins this year. Uh, you know, th- th- there will be some uh, some interesting discussion about uh, Bryce's favorite story in college basketball, Bronny James, and uh, we'll have we'll have plenty of we'll have plenty of uh, you know discussion on West Coast hoops for all of those that aren't able to uh, stay up and uh, you know watch some of these games or follow along with these games. Uh, I know Bryce will enjoy talking about USA. Oh, can't wait, Caleb. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> so, once again, thank you for uh, listening into the uh, Linsanity, and don't be afraid to rate, review, and subscribe.